Amen. Well, good morning again, everybody. Welcome, welcome, welcome. So good to see. I got somebody. Is Jordan still here? Is he? He's coming? Oh, I'll get it. We'll, we'll, we'll get him in. It's Jordan's birthday. So when Jordan walks in, everybody yell, happy birthday. All right, let's, let's kind of, we'll do that. Even, even if we're in the middle of the message, you come and just interrupt everything, just yell, happy It'll just be fun. It'll just be fun to do. Amen. Just yell, happy birthday and stuff. As Selena already said, I do want to make sure uh, I welcome our dear friends, the Honies that are with us. So, so very grateful uh, to have you here worshiping with us. So grateful. I, get, I love the honors and chances God gives us to honor and to say thank you all for being lifelong friends. Amen. Amen. So, so so, so, so appreciative of that. Amen. Amen. So grateful. So, so thankful. Huh? Yeah, we didn't scare them away. Isn't that awesome? Yeah, you know, this stuff. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Now, the, the, you know, there's, there are peop- God brings you people in life and, um, you know, and they, they get real close. And that's the way. No, I'm just going to go like this today um, and get real close to you. And, and we call them lifers. Amen. God grants you the privilege to have lifer friends, people that are just there with you and that you know they're with you and they're for you. uh, And you're just so grateful for those people. Just so, so, so thankful for those people uh, because they are uh, some of the greatest treasures of God's faithfulness. Amen. Amen. Remember that Paul, I don't want to get on a whole nother message, but I'll share it. You know, Paul speaking to the Philippians, Paul said this, remember he was speaking as, as his position, as their kind of apostle or, you know, pastor, if you will, he was speaking to the Philippians is, and now remember you are my joy and my crown. Amen. Huh? I I got that for you. I'm I'm, Jordan. Happy birthday. That's awesome. So Jordan's here. Jordan's good. Jordan is awesome. Now I'll pick on Jordan. I'll come back to that. Hit pause. I can do this. And so we'll pick on Jordan. But Jordan turned 12. Is that right, Jordan? 12. Amen. That's awesome. So Jordan, I officially say, son, you biblically, you've crossed over at the age of 12 and you were leaving childhood and entering adulthood. All right. Because we see that imagery of, of Jesus, right? When Jesus was 12 and he crossed over, right? He he stayed, he still stayed submitted and obedient to his parents. Amen. But he crossed over and could step into the things that father had prepared for him. Amen. Amen. So that's good. So happy birthday, Jordan. We love you, son. Amen. Amen. But just re- remember back to where I hit pause, you know, to unpause the button. Uh, but, you know, people are our joy and crown. That's what Paul said to the Philippians. You remember you are my joy. You are my crown, right? So as God blesses us and gives us friendships and family and people, just remember that they're my joy. They're my crown. So I'll just say that to you guys. Amen. You guys are my joy, part of my joy, part of my crown. So, so very grateful. I also got another person here. I want to say the same thing to, and that's my mother-in-law. So mom, stand up. Yay. The mom's back. Amen. She's a, she's escaped Canada. It's all good. We're gonna turn we're gonna turn it into a blockbuster movie soon. No, it's a, <laughs> amen. But we're so glad to have mom. So again, so grateful for I like a mom in love. She's not my mom in law. She's my mom in love. So grateful to have a second mom that's uh, raised a good good daughter that became an amazing wife. And so thank you for that. But we honor you too, mom. Thanks for being here. And I wanted to say this to mom and say this and look around you all that the Lord has done. That's you. Amen. Because I know there was many, many times you, you prayed 
Amen. And you believed. Amen. And you trusted Father with all of your children. Amen. Amen. And so we're very grateful and we're very thankful. Amen. Amen. For all, all that your life has brought about. Amen. So it's very, very, very thankful for that. And, and so parents remember that, right? Yeah. Amen. 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 So grateful. Amen. Does that sound good? Yeah. Well, why don't we open the Bible today to the book of Ephesians, if you will. Amen. As always, Father, we love you so much. So grateful. Lord, help us today to, uh, to listen and learn together. Lord, help me to speak as you would, as you would direct. Um, just so dependent on you, trust you immensely, Holy Spirit, in Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. I'll try not to be super weepy today, I feel super weepy, it's, uh, I'll tell you, I was so funny, for years and years and years, I was that good, I never cried, and never, I come back home to Alabama, and God opens doors for me, and I'm just, uh, like Heather Cornelius, or dear friends, I'm just become the town crier, I just get up here, and <laughs> God's so good and all this kind of stuff. But in Ephesians, I want to read. I'm going to take some time. Um, kind of neat. I, I was just being transparent, you know, getting ready and stuff and thinking and couldn't quite. Y'all hear me talk about an airplane analogy. Just couldn't quite figure out where to take off from uh, until we got into worship. So I was so grateful for that to where we're taking off from. But I'm going to read a good little stretch of passage here. Uh, but I'll set up a little bit of a background, especially for those who are just joining us today or who might just be listening to the recording uh, online. You know, for some weeks we are talking about uh, renewing our mind. Right, allowing the Word of God to renew our mind and, and some of the mechanics of what all that is. And we've been unpacking and looking at the concept of part of that is with our imagination, right? To, to use our imagination. And, and I really do think it is an uh, underdeveloped and underused tool for us as Christ followers, amen, to allow Him to inspire our imagination, but for the purpose of renewing our thinking and transforming our life. Does that make sense? So all throughout this message, we're going to take some time in the coming weeks. I'm just going to have us pause, right? And we'll pause it sometimes. I'm going to just ask you to stop and engage your imagination and imagine what we're reading and talking about. But this way, not from the outside looking in, but I want you to put yourself in the middle of it. Does that make sense? We'll, we'll practice. You want to have a little practice around this morning? All right. So I want you to imagine this. Everybody's got one. I want you to think about your favorite Jesus story. What is your favorite Jesus story? Amen. Anybody want to volunteer just as an offer? Who, favorite, Miss Lynette, what's your favorite? The woman at the the woman at the well, right? So the favorite Jesus story. Amen. Anybody else want to offer a favorite Jesus story? Huh? The woman that grabbed the hem of his The woman that grabbed the hem of his garment. And Selena says, Jesus walking on water. Anybody else? Oh, the when he heals the little girl like Yeah, she's the same. He raises her up from the dead. That's a good story. Tabitha. The woman with the issue of blood. The woman with the alabaster jar. When he turned water into wine. You want to do that? Huh? Yes, Elena. Oh, when he feeds the, the people with the loaves. and the, That's one of my favorite too. I like that because I like cooking. So I like that. That's, that's pretty amazing cooking when Jesus can do that. But this is what I want you to do then, okay? Oh, Kevin. 
Kevin, what's yours? Okay. And so, uh, so Kevin's just being funny. Um, everybody just stretch your hands out. Pray for Pastor Kevin. Amen. Kevin. <laughs> So anyway, but uh, so this is what you do. So I want you to imagine, if you will. Now, if you said this, and this is what I'll put you in, because many times what we do is we stand outside of the stories and imagine them, right? But I want you to, when we imagine, put yourself in the middle of the story. I want you to be part of the story. Some of us, if you will, if you want to just close your eyes, if you will, and just imagine your favorite story. And I want you to imagine yourself and see yourself as the person Jesus was ministering to or who he was serving, whom he was touching, and kind of what was that like, right? What would it have been like to imagine and to have been there and been the one that Jesus was feeding the miracle fish and bread? Or what was it like to be the one, right? who was in the boat watching Jesus walk on water. Just take a moment and just imagine that. Man, how cool that is. Amen. What would it have been like to have been raised from the dead? That would been kind of cool. That would be really kind of neat, huh? Amen. Is that good? Y'all can see that? Yeah. Isn't that good? See the goodness? Do you feel the goodness of Jesus in whatever your story was? The mercy, the compassion. Again, we talked about that Jesus. Jesus, again, he was, he was compassionate. He was passionate. He was, his soul, meaning his mind, his will, and his emotions were involved in his life. Right? It says over and over again, Jesus saw the multitude and he was moved with compassion. Right? So Jesus was never just in this neutral, blasé state of walking out his life with father and neither should we be right. right but now i want you to do something i want you to put yourself deeper into the story and i want you to put yourself to i believe what is the real purpose of the jesus stories because who are you really in the story you're jesus in the story because today and i know some i see people wrinkling their face up and they're like i don't know brad this is sounding funky Amen. Now hear me. I, I, I got to do all my pastoral disclaimers, right? I'm not saying you're deity. Everybody heard me say that, right? There are no job openings in the Trinity, right? I mean, we're not like some who are part of Christianity. I'm not saying we're a cult where if you are a good little boy or a girl long enough, you get to be your own God and you get your own planet and you get all, none of that, right? Amen. So I'm not talking about any of that. Amen. But John, the one who was closest to Jesus, did say this in his first letter. He said, as he is, so are we in this world. Because the point that I want us to do and what I really want to, I'm going to do what Audra has encouraged me. I'm leading with the ball. I'm going to throw it out there and then we're going to unpack it. Is I want you to really be imagining your vital connection and union with God. That I want to have our times when we're imagining and we're meditating, if you will, we're looking at scripture, that the one of the themes that runs throughout is remember you've been unified with Christ. You've been joined with him. Right? You have been been gra- I mean, I, we'll get into it. I don't want to get you've been, Paul said in one place, you've been engrafted into Christ. Jesus himself, we'll look at it, said, you are the branch, I am the vine, you grow out of me. You, you come and you're connected with me. We're going to look at it again. Paul said how uh, he uses, and it's a neat thing, and I don't get ahead, in Romans chapter 6, 
Only time Paul uses this one phrase, he says, remember you were united together in his resurrection. And it's literally a, a agricultural word that talks about when two plants are planted close enough together that as they grow, they fuse together and become one. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. See, you are united with Christ through what he did. So now take your favorite Jesus story, close your eyes, and imagine yourself, you're Christ, you're Jesus in the story. So now you're the one who is doing what Jesus did. You're the one who he is now flowing through you. Amen. Because you have been united with Christ. Amen. You have been made one with him. Amen. Praise now back to Ephesians. Does that, does that help? Different, different feeling? How many of you, okay, to be honest, how many of you are like, that's weird, Brad. I don't know. That's like, mm, it's a little strange, Brad. That's a little strange. Hey, listen, please hear me. I'm, I promise, I promise, I promise. I'm, I'm not talking about heresy. Again, I'm not talking about dethroning the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Amen. I love the idea. How many of you believe that, that God is sovereign? Amen. I do. I believe God is sovereign. Amen. So God sovereignly chose to unite us to himself. So did I unite me to Christ? Right. Did I do that? Is that something I, cause that even something I could do? They ain't, they ain't enough crazy glue on the planet to stick me to Jesus tight enough. Right. But it was part of the transforming work of the spirit was to bind us and unite us with Christ himself. Amen. Amen. And, 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 and it's interesting, and, and for time's sake, I do want to be mindful. Go home and read. In Ephesians chapter 1, you can read from verses 1 through verses 14. And there's so much. If I read it, I'll promise I'll squirrel and we won't get anywhere. I, I, I feel like we need to get today. But these verses really unpack what the gospel produced in our life. What the, the work of Christ did, when you read through that about how we were blessed by him, we were accepted by him, we were redeemed by him, we were forgiven by him, we were given an inheritance by him. I mean, there's, there's all these things that are listed in these verses. But then Paul gets to verse 15, which is where I wanted to get to. And he always starts with that first word. He says, therefore, and I always as pastors have to say, if you ever see a therefore, you need to find out what it's there for. Right. <laughs> Whenever there's a therefore, you got to find out what it's there for. And, and so because of what he just communicated in the first 14 verses, he's saying, therefore, because of what the gospel produced, because of what Jesus did for us, therefore, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints, I do not cease to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers. Right, so here is a prayer of Paul, and if, if you're taking notes, you can, you can jot this down, you can do some good study on your own. I have, and it's not exhaustive at all, but I have currently, as of today, I have found seven prayers of Paul throughout the New Testament. Right, seven prayers where Paul identifies, okay, I'm praying for you, and this is what I'm praying. Amen, Amen. here's the prayers of Paul. And the intriguing thing I have found about these seven prayers of Paul is that they are prayers of revelation, 
more than they are prayers of us getting something. Yeah. <laughs> right? Right? I mean, you read, we're about to read this. I, I can't find a prayer yet where Paul prays and says, I just want you to get all your stuff. <laughs> right? I, mean, I, I haven't found one of those yet. Now, is God against us having stuff? No. Yeah. Amen. But Paul said, does that make sense? Yeah. You know, I, I, I've, I've, so funny, I've never in all these prayers read Paul saying, I really want you to be happy. Mm. Right? <laughs> or, or I really want you to have a nice, easy, comfortable life. I want things to go smooth for you. That's not in there. But it's interesting that in Paul's prayers, his, his heart's cry as who he was, an apostle who was pioneering churches, who was carrying the gospel message into new places to a specific people. His prayer was one, Lord, as they got to see this. His continuing prayer was prayers of, Lord, show them. Lord, open up and we're going to open up the eyes of their understanding. Amen. Help them to see who they are. Help them to see who you are. Help them to know what you did. Right? Because you have to remember, and I think this is personally, is because if I could say Paul only had one kind of leg up on all of us, is that Paul had that unique experience of he, he kind of got to go to heaven if I'm reading the Bible right. Yep. Paul said, remember he says, uh, I believe to the Corinthians, he says, I, I knew a man whether 13 years ago, whether in the body or out of the body, I don't know, the Lord knows, but this man the Lord carried up into heaven and showed him things that are indescribable. Amen. Amen. So, so Paul got to have a little bit of an advantage. Now, now this is a Bradology, okay? You know, you know what I mean by Bradology? All my guests that are here. Bradology is, is you can't prove what I'm about to say in Scripture, but you can't disprove it either. Okay? So it's just a, so don't go out on the limb with me because <laughs> it may not hold both of us, right? But uh, I, I, I realize... <laughs> Right, I realize that probably in Bradology, why God did that for Paul is Paul was just as stubborn as he could be. Uh-huh. Paul was one of those ones where he just wasn't going to be convinced. I mean, he was just, you know what I mean? He was one of those stubborn folk. Amen. That's the whole, that's why he had to get saved the way he got saved. Is that Paul was, he was going and he was moving and, and Jesus is like, well, if I don't show up and knock him off his donkey... Right, we I ain't never gonna get through this boy. Right? <laughs> so Jesus lovingly shows up and says, Okay, are you sure this whole fighting me thing, you sure you want to keep doing that? Amen. Is that what you want to do? Amen. And and God shows up. So I think there was this thing that Paul struggled with some things, and so God one more time said, All right, Paul, come on. Let me show you what it looks like from my perspective. Paul, let me show you. The end product of what I did. Right? And I think that's why Paul talks about, you know, in 1 Corinthians, he says, man, we, we live in this world and, and it's like we're seeing through a, a smoking glass and we can't quite see clearly what's going on. And, it, and it's one of my favorite passages. If you'll put your fingers there and look at it is um, in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, I believe. We're going to come back to Ephesians, so don't lose your spot. 1 Corinthians chapter 13. In verse 11, it says, Paul says, When I was a child, I spoke like a child. I understood like a child. I thought like a child. But when I became a man or an adult, I put away childish things. 
For now we see in the mirror dimly, but then we will see face to face. Now I know in part, but then I will know just as I have also am known. I love that phrase. Paul's saying, hey, listen, right now, man, it's, it's dim. We're looking through something. It's, it's hard to see. Amen. But I one day, and I believe either through death or when Jesus returns, one day, you and I, we will know ourselves as we were always known. Amen. See, I used to think a long time ago that Paul was talking about that, and he was talking about he couldn't see God clearly through the smoking glass. God, are you, are, who are you? I don't know. Can't. And when I read that, I realized, no, 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 Paul's talking about himself. Paul's saying the person that it's smoky to see is not God, because God's made himself fairly clear <laughs> right through the pages of this book. Amen. I love that about God. God does it. He's not vague. Aren't you glad? Amen. I mean, you think about when Jesus came the first time, right? Big choir of angels. <laughs> Big star in the sky, long enough for people to journey for two years to get there. I mean, so, so God is not all about, he's not about hiding. God's all about, here I am, hello, will you pay attention, look over here, amen. But Paul says, the person that it's hard to see is me, me unified with him. The, all you're seeing is the superficial stuff. Yes. You're not seeing your thoughts. You're not seeing the internal. Yeah. And so same with the Lord. Like you're just seeing what you know. Yeah. But seeing that intertwining of unity is, is internal. Absolutely. Says, yeah. Well, and that's why again, and so that's why, so again, the definitions of scripture given by Paul is, is Paul said that the word of God is a what? Mirror. It's a mirror. Now, y'all are all, all highly intelligent people. What's the difference between a mi mirror and a portrait? A mirror moves with you. What's the difference between a mirror and a portrait? A mirror shows you what's happening right now. A portrait is probably something that's in the past. It may be a little Photoshop. A little Photoshop. That's right. I mean, a, a portrait, I mean, a portrait is this image, you know, and, and you know, again, you know, portrait of yourself, you're... You're the right size, you know, you're, you're looking good, right? Well, here's the thing, guys, listen to me. That's why Paul said, it's interesting, he says, what the descriptions of who you are because of Jesus, it's God's not describing a picture of what you will be one day. He's not saying one day you'll be that. One day I'm painting a picture of you that you will be no, he says, no, this is the word of God. It's a mirror and it's endeavoring to show you who you are today. Amen. Right now because of Christ. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So see, when you look in this, now here's the thing. I mean, again, how many of you looked in the mirror today? I looked in the mirror. And you know what I didn't believe is that as I'm old as I look, right? I mean... <laughs> It is, I don't know, I don't, Neil, have you been that way as, as I've aged? I look and I'm like going, you know, there was a lot younger guy that I shaved in that mirror just not that long ago, right? I mean, you know, there was, <laughs> you know what I mean? And, and stuff. So the mirror shows you who you are today. It'll show you that. And now the physical mirror will all show you all your, your imperfections. This one shows you all your perfections. 
Right? This shows you who you are because of him. Amen. Now, yes, you might see, I mean, we were talking a little bit this morning, you might see some of the old you still there. How many of you have still some of the old you that pops up every now and then? Amen. But you know what the mirror does when the old you pops up? It goes, well, that's not you anymore. You remember that? That old you, they, you used to act that way. But because of me, you don't have to act that way anymore. Yeah. Amen. You don't have to be that way. Amen. And anytime the old you pops up, the spirit goes, remember that guy's dead. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that guy died. Leave him in the ground. <laughs> right. And just focus on. Do you see this imagery? And guys, this, I want you to imagine as you're reading through scripture, we're, we're fueling our imagination to see the image of who God has made us to be because of Christ. Amen. Amen. Because I'm united to him. Because of what he did for me. Because of his presence in my life. See, and that's Paul. Back over to Ephesians and we'll pick up because look at this. Paul says, I do not cease to give thanks for you. I make mention of you in my prayers. Here is the first prayer, part of Paul's prayer. That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, would give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. So Paul's very first thing he prays in his prayer is, is and now listen, this prayer hinges on you understanding and have a revelation of who God is. And that's his desire. Lord, give these people, give the Ephesians, right, this spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of you. Praise God Amen. that you could see him and know him. That you could see him and know him as who he is. Amen. Amen. That you would see him and look at him and go, that's who you are. And I know you. See, all revelation begins with knowing God. Remember, that's what Solomon said to the Proverbs. He says that the beginning of wisdom is what? It's the fear of the Lord. Right? It's knowing God. It's, this, it's understanding, oh, it, it's God. Amen. That there's a revelation. There's a spirit. I, man, it's God. Aren't you? Can I just tell, aren't you excited? Amen. Amen. That God talks to you. Amen. <laughs> aren't you glad about that? So, yes. Amen. That, isn't that exciting? Yes. Amen. And aren't, aren't you glad that if you're like me and sometimes you're a little dull of hearing, <laughs> he loved you enough to make it real clear. Hey, listen, Brad's not going to get all of this. So I'm going to write it down. <laughs> I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to freeze it in written form so he won't be confused. Yeah. <laughs> so he can look at it and go, oh, yeah. Then later when maybe I don't have my Bible in front of me and I'm thinking about him and he talks to me, there's a resonance between my heart and here. So there's a resonance. I mean, how many of you are like me? You, you were thinking on something and, and, and a thought came and maybe for you at the moment is, man, I haven't heard that before. And then you spend time studying the word and sometime later you discover what you thought was already written. Amen. It was already in there. Because remember, he'll never deviate from his word. Right. Amen. Amen. He'll never deviate from what he wrote because this is the full expression of who he is. But I'm just so excited what Jesus said. He said, hey, listen, my sheep, my people, they know my voice. 
I mean, I love it. Y'all know me. I, one of my favorite, some of my favorite stuff with Jesus is uh, in the Jesus story is Jesus in John chapter eight, nine, and ten, and Jesus gets into this uh, kind of this fight with the Pharisees, right? And they call him an uncouth name, and he just returns the favor and says, "Oh yeah, well your daddy's the devil," right? I mean, <laughs> and. And then off to the races they go, right? And him and, and I just think, I, in my imagination, Jesus is just chuckling. He's just having fun, right? He's, he's it, here, y'all know this all from Alabama. Some of my mom's not from Alabama. Again, she, you know, Jesus found their goat and he got it, right? I mean, it, and Jesus just liked getting their goat, right? I mean, and here's your little life lesson. If you don't want somebody to get your goat, don't tell them where you got it tied up. Come on. <laughs> Amen. If you'll keep the location of your goat a secret, they can't get your goat. But Jesus found the Pharisees' goat, and he got their goat, and he was getting their goat, and they were going off to the races. But in the middle of that conversation, he says, hey, listen, you don't get me because you're not of me. You don't know my voice. Amen. But if you're of him, you know his voice. Yeah. Right? And the voice of your father and the story of your father is he's constantly endeavoring to tell you and I, this is who I am and this is who you are because of who I am. That's why I love the sign, the song that Mike wrote that we sang this morning. This is who I am because of who you are. I'm not that on my own, man, but because I'm united to him, that is who I am. And he is speaking that out and he's endeavoring. And that's what Paul says. You're going to have this revelation of God. Let's continue. And it says in verse 18, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened that you may know what is the hope of your calling. I love that. That whole, and we've talked about this and we've been looking at this idea. And if you're like me, I always read that phrase and it sounded very churchy. Right, the eyes. You know, we'd pray at some the eyes of your understanding, Andrew. The eyes, you know, and you the eyes of your heart. I just want you to kind of sub in there. That's your imagination. Paul is praying. He's saying, Lord, that they have a revelation of who you are, that they see you, that they know you, they know your character, they know your ways, they know your precepts, they know your command, they know you. And Lord, that you then inspire their imagination. That you open up their imagination. Amen. That you open up their thinking, the eyes of their understanding, so that they would know the hope of their calling. Amen. Now, this is a neat thing that's hope of your calling. And again, I've heard it preached over varying years, you know, that. And I think it's not necessarily wrong. I think it's just kind of like secondary interpretation is that, you know, what God has called you to do in this life. Right. And I do think God wants you to see, God wants me to see the calling he's given unto me to be a pastor and to minister and to teach and to do those things. And that's all well and good. I think there is a part of that is my calling that I get to be a husband and a father. All those things are good. And I do want to have imaginations about what that looks like. But here, the hope of your calling, if you go to 1 Corinthians chapter 1. Amen. And again, you can read, starting in verse 4, and let's just read it. Just, this is so good. Paul, again, I love this. I want you to hear this, this thankfulness. 
Uh, and again, here's a little message within the message. Again, be thankful for people. Paul was constantly thankful for the people God had led him to. He was constantly saying things like, well, I thank God for you. I'm so grateful for you. So thankful for you. Thank God for you. That's such a good habit for us to have with each other. Hey, I'm thankful for you. So grateful for you. But Paul says, I thank my God always concerning you for the grace of God, which was given unto you by Christ Jesus, that you were enriched in everything by him in all utterance and all knowledge, even as the testimony of Christ was confirmed in you so that you come short in no gift, eagerly waiting for the revelation of our Lord Jesus Christ, who will also confirm you to the end that you may be blameless in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now notice verse nine, God is faithful. Everybody says amen. Amen. So God is faithful by whom you were called. So if you ever wondered what your calling is, here's verse nine. <laughs> right here. Here's every believer's calling right here that you were called into the fellowship of his son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Praise God. Amen. Amen. That word fellowship again is a, it's a, it was really used in my youth. Amen. When Neil and you and I were young and stuff, there was the word quantania. And if y'all remember in the days in the church world, man, everybody was, it was quantania church and quantania youth group. And it, it was a really used Greek word in churchy circles, but it literally means quana, quantania means a vital contributory union is what it means. A vital contributory union. Amen. It's the word we get friendship from. Again, even, I love this, you were called into the fellowship. Again, in the church world, we think fellowship means really good chicken or some cookies and coffee at least. Yes. Maybe Brad bought biscuits today and we're going to have some fellowship. Amen. <laughs> we even call it the fellowship hall, right? And it's all, and, and all. Amen. And, 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 and I hate that this word has gotten watered down to cookies and coffee. Yeah. Because the word means, no, 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 you were called into a vital, contributory union with Jesus Christ. Amen. Yes. Otherwise, you're called, you were called into friendship with him. Mm -hmm. Amen. Isn't that amazing? I mean, again, I, I'm going to pick on the honies just because they're here and it might be my only chance to pick on them, right? And stuff. So I love, you know, last, we were there yesterday. Neil texted me, hey, Brad, we're going to come. Can we come worship with you? I said, man, absolutely. He says, and hey, can we stay and help y'all for the party? And that's exactly what we both did. We both went, yes, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Why? Because we have friendship. A vital contributory union. Amen. Guys, you have friendship with God. Oh, come on. Don't look at me. Y'all with me? I mean, I love Jesus said that. I believe it was around John in the 15th chapter or in the 17th chapter. Jesus is getting ready to go to the cross and, and, and he's going and he says, I now to the disciples says, I now no longer call you my servants. Now today I call you my friend. And then he goes on to say this because a servant doesn't know what the master is going to do, but a friend, he will reveal all to a friend. Amen. Aren't you glad? Amen. 
that we, we moved from Old Testament into New Testament where we, we were transitioning from a servant-based mentality where my highest hope was if I could just serve God. Now, please hear me. We do still serve the Lord just like we serve our friends. So I'm not saying that service to the Lord is done away with, but I just, again, in, in, in this transitionary period, all they knew was servitude to God. And so Jesus is what he was doing. He was saying, hey, I'm taking you somewhere deeper. I'm taking you somewhere better. I'm taking you somewhere you haven't been before with God. I'm taking you from servitude mindset into friendship mindset. Because, see, now we're going to have a union with each other. Amen. There's going to be a union between us. Amen. There's going to be a contributory help. And I love the fact that that contributory help is both ways. Amen. Amen. That, that Hallelujah for the contributory help of Jesus in my life. Amen. I mean, I didn't read it this morning because we went out with all, I was tugging this morning during worship between Psalms 37 that we read or Psalms 103. Y'all can probably quote 103 with me if you would. It says, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all of his benefits who forgives all of my iniquities, who heals all of my diseases, who crowns me with loving kindness and tender mercies, hallelujah, who satisfies my mouth with good things so that my youth is renewed like the eagles. So all of that is the contributory help of Jesus toward you because you're his friend. Oh, come on. Hallelujah. Well, I'm going to get excited in a second. Yes. Amen. Amen. This row is. <laughs> Amen. Does that mean that's the contribute? But we get a contributory help side. Okay, yes, I'll go for you. I will say, like Isaiah, Lord. Amen. Who will you send? Lord, here I am. Send me. Lord, I'll go. I'll go for you. I'll go represent you. I'll go. I'll, please, Lord. I mean, I just, my attitude, Lord, pick me. Amen. I know there's better qualified, but pick me anyway. Amen. I know there's better looking, but pick me anyway. Amen. Lord, I know there's better educated, but Lord, pick me any. I'll go. I'll love for you. Amen. Amen. I'll speak on your behalf. I'll demonstrate your goodness and your mercy and your kindness and your forbearance. Hallelujah. I'll do that for you. Lord, I want to do that. That's my heart's cry. Why? Because I'm your friend. Amen. And we have a contributory union with each other. Amen. We, we have a thing where we're, we're together. Amen. How, aren't you? Amen. Because see, ah, isn't that cool? Because see, he, he's up in heaven, it says. He's seated at the right hand of Father. And he's there interceding for you and I daily. He is there and he is representing us to Father. And he is there as speaking of Father to us. And guys, can I tell you, and he's only speaking good stuff. Amen. Amen. He, he, he's only talking of your worth and your value and who you are because of what he did. And he's representing you as part of himself. Amen. But then, guys, we get to be down here. Amen. And I get to represent him. And I get to tell you, God, he's good. 
Oh, and he's faithful. Oh, and he's loving. Oh, and he's for you. Oh, and he will empower you. And oh, he will walk with you. Oh, he'll never leave you. He'll never forsake you. He'll never turn his back on you. Can I even be there? He's not even in a bad mood towards you. Oh, he's just so happy with you because again because of the blood of his son Jesus yeah. Paul said to the Colossians he sits at peace with you amen. amen because of the blood he sits at peace amen he sits at this place where he just looks at you and he just smiles and he just smiles at you and he goes you know that Brad I love him he's alright amen, amen. <laughs> aren't you glad amen. but so we get to represent him down here do you see that contributory help you see that vital union that we share with him, him representing us in heaven, us representing him down here. Mm. See, that's your calling. That's what Paul said. Paul says, and Lord, that their imagination would open up and they would see their union with us and they would see the vital connection that we have with each other. In fact, and I'll, and I'll land the plane here. Go to John chapter 17. John chapter 17 is a great, I love it. They, they call it the great pastoral prayer. And again, for time's sake, so we won't read the whole chapter. I encourage you to read the whole chapter. Actually, I encourage you to read about chapter 14 all the way through to about chapter 18. Right, because there's a whole lot going on in there because Jesus is walking towards the cross. But here, it's called the great pastoral prayer where Jesus does three things. In the first six or five verses, Jesus is praying for himself. Then in the next set of verses from verses 6 down to about verse 19, Jesus is praying for the 12 disciples. Right, he is praying for them. But then we're going to pick up in verse 20. All right. Verse 20, now is this still like your Bible? He's still got red on it, right? Is it still? I love that I heard one preacher say, this is the hot sauce, right? This is the good stuff. Amen. This is the salsa, right? You want this on all of life, right? It says verse 20, I do not pray for these alone. Now the these alone he's referring to is the 12. I do not pray for these alone, but also for those who will believe in me through their word. Now who is he praying for? Anybody that believed on him through the word of the apostles. Well, man, that's gone down through history. That includes you and I. If you're here and you've believed on Jesus through the words of the apostles, Mm -hmm. then now Jesus is praying for you. Isn't that cool? Have you ever wondered what Jesus would be praying for you about? Have you ever imagined or had like, well, I wonder if, you know, he's up there interceding. What's he interceding? What does Jesus' prayer for me sound like? It sounds a whole lot like this. That they, verse 21, that they all may be one as you, Father, are in me and I in you. Hmm. That they may also be one in us. Now notice that the world may believe that you sent me. See, again, a bunch of stuff you you hear, there's some dynamics we'll unpack here. Jesus is talking about a a two-way union. He's saying, Lord, that they understand that they're united with us and that they're united with each other. Mm -hmm. Amen. Aren't you glad about that? Amen. Tell people all the time, if you bump into somebody and you can say this, hey, is Jesus Lord of your life? And they, with their whole heart, go, absolutely. Man, we are united. Amen. (laughs) 
<laughs> we are in union with each other. Amen. And we may get all kinds of different ideas about all kinds of secondary doctrines. But as long as we can look at each other and go, man, you love Jesus? Mm -hmm. I love Jesus too. Is Jesus dying? Mm -hmm. He's with me too. Is Jesus your son? Absolutely. Did he redeem you? Mm -hmm. I'm saying, amen. And we're brothers and sisters. Amen. amen. Praise God. That's right. Hallelujah. Yeah. Amen. Can we just, just let's just live there. Yeah. Amen. amen. Praise God. Y'all heard me talk about that. It's my ice cream analogy. Right? That everywhere around the world, there, there are believers, and like ice cream, we believe in the deity of Jesus Christ and his finished work. Amen. Right? We believe in the authority of the Bible and what it says. And we believe in the transforming power and work of the Holy Spirit in our life. That's like vanilla, sugar, and cream. You got a good base right there. Now, you know, the cool thing is, is God is a whole lot like Baskin Robbins. He's got a lot of different flavors out there. Amen. <laughs> you know, us here at Life of Faith, we're a little tutti-frutti. Pente Pentecostally, amen, we got, some, we, we got some rocky road in us. We might even be a little bit of what I call a granola version. We got some fruit flakes and nuts all up in here, and I'm the biggest one of each of those. Amen. And so, but as long as we can unify around the fact that we're ice cream. Yep. Yes. Amen. amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. Yes. And I just encourage you with that. It's time we, now this is a message, another message within the message. It's time we drop a lot of the different barriers that we've built around ourselves. Yes. Amen. Because I have grown in God by a lot of different people. Yes. All of us have been saved. All of us have been born again. All of us have been rededicated in, in the sense of united with him, as we've been saying. Amen. And I've learned some stuff. Brother Hagen taught us that years ago. I remember him talking about he went to a meeting one time and he knew that the man who was doing the meeting was of a different denomination, a different doctrinal background, right, than he would be a, a part of. But he went to support a brother. Come on. He went to be a part of something that was happening in his town. And he says, you know what? And I'm so glad I went because when I sat there, he answered a question I had for 20 years about something in the Bible. Yeah. Hallelujah. So they're so glad I went. So glad I didn't let somebody's whatever on the outside of the building keep me away. Amen. Amen. Because we can go and we can learn and we can grow. Amen. Praise God. Amen. But anyway, back to what Jesus said. He said that there's this, this two-way union. There's this union between us and him and a union between each other. But notice he says, but this is the purpose of understanding this union. This is the purpose. This is why it's so important that our imagination is opened to our vital union with Christ. Jesus said that the world would know. Yeah. Wow. Amen. That the world would know and that they may believe that you sent me. Hallelujah. Amen. See, your union, understanding your union with Christ and your union with fellow believers... Amen. Opens up this thing on your heart that lets the world know Jesus is real. Amen. Yep. Amen. Praise God. Now, tell a story. We were living in Canada, a very humanistic place up there. Uh, and so we were up there and I was talking to somebody and it, you know, and I sounded funny. So that was always, I love going to another place where I, I sounded funny because it just opened the door to talk about Jesus. Cause they'd go, well, you ain't from around here, are you? And I said, no, sir, I'm not. Well, why are you here? I said, well, I'm here. We're pioneering a church. We're here to bring Jesus. We're doing all this stuff. And so we got to talk. And this person looks at me and he goes, well, you know, 
I don't believe in God. And this, I wish I could say I was smart enough to come up with this answer, but it was just the Holy Spirit, right? He goes, I don't believe in God. And I said, well, tell me the God you're talking about, and there's a good chance I don't believe in him either. (laughs) (laughs) And he looked at me, his head whipped around, and so he started talking. And I said, yeah, no, and I was able to say, no, no, that's not my father. And he goes, well, how do you know? I said, because I'm in union with him. I know him. He's my friend. So you've gotten some bad information about my father. You've gotten some bad information about my friend. Let me tell you who he is. And then just take him to... And guys, listen. Come back home to Alabama. Y'all know I've been here for eight years. So eight years I've had all kinds of different experiences. Right? From when still having different experiences as I go different places and I'm in the work world and stuff. And I'll tell you again, even though there's kids, I'm in a car with a guy named, I'm sorry, I'm in a car with a guy named, I'm in a car with a guy named Ben. We're hanging gutters. And that weird thing when you're with somebody new. And so Ben starts telling me about his girlfriend who happens to be an exotic dancer. At a local nightclub. I'm cleaning it up for the sake of my wife. And he's looking and, and, and all this kind of stuff. And he goes on. Well, then he finds out. He goes, next thing he turns around, well, Brad, well, what do you do? Because he had talked and talked. And, <laughs> and I joke. I look at him. I said, well, I said, besides riding in this truck and talking with you, hanging gutters, I said, we also help pastor a church. And you, you felt the air <laughs> suck out of the. <laughs> and this kind of stuff. And he goes, well, and he starts making excuses. Yeah. He starts talking. I said, whoa, whoa, tell me about what you think about God. And he starts telling me what he thought or what he had heard or what he presumed. And I said, oh, no, no, brother, that's not my father. And I began to walk him just simply through scripture, through things about what Jesus did and who Jesus was and why Jesus came and the fullness of what that would mean for anyone. And he looked over at me. And I let to a man, and that's that's a very extreme. I've had every version, male and female, since then, and to a person since I've been home in eight years, they all look at me and go, "Brad, I have never heard that before. I've never heard the gospel." Guys, you understand. So, so why is it important that you understand that the world would know? Because remember we said, because you're in vital union, you're representing. You're down here representing your friend. Amen. Amen. You're down here representing your Savior. You're down here representing your Father. You're down here representing your Master. You're down here representing your Lord. Amen. And people are looking, and when they bump into someone, and they go, man, you are like in union with God. And go, absolutely. That's why He came. Amen. Let's continue. And as I'm trying to land the plane, where we leave all verse 21, verse 22, Jesus continues to pray for us. And he says, and the glory which you gave me, I have given them. Now, again, I can't say I know how to unpack that one wholly. I just know that's what Jesus said. <laughs> I have to have been that one still as, uh, as we'd say in the hall of house, that one still fries my fritter just a little bit. Amen. That one's still, I still don't quite know how that one, but Jesus said, Lord, that they would know. My prayer is that they would know that the glory you have given me, I have given them. Amen. The only thing I've come to close is the, the term for glory there talks about something's nature. 
right? Some things we look and we talk about how a sunset down at the beach is glorious. Or we talk about going out west and seeing the glory of the Rocky Mountains and that the nature of something is its glory. Right. Even the scripture talks about how for for you ladies, you know, that your hair and and your your inward beauty is a glory unto you. It says about a good wife that she is the glory of her husband. Amen. There's these terms to talk about things. Nature are their glory. And all I can reconcile this with is Peter said in his second letter, he said, because of the great and precious promises of Jesus, we have become a partaker of his divine nature. Second Peter chapter one, I think around verse four. I mean, you've become a partaker. This vital union. So when we think about this, this vital union, again, Jesus said that you are a, a branch that comes out of him, the vine. Amen. Paul does another analogy when he's speaking in Romans chapter 11. He talks about Israel being the domesticated olive tree. But yet you and I as Gentiles were grafted in. And I love this. You're the wild olive tree. I love that. I mean, I just, I, I, I'll take it. Amen. I'm a wild olive tree. Amen. And, and, but I love this. He didn't say you're something completely different. He said just you were outside of something, but now you were brought in, but you're of the same nature. Amen. And there's a, there's this thing and Jesus said, man, that they would know that the, the nature, the glory that you have given to me, I have given them that they may be one just as we are one. It says in verse 23, I in them and you in me, that they may be made perfect in one. And here he says it again, that the world may know that you have sent me. And I love this and that you have loved them as you have loved me. Praise God. You, you, know how, you know how much you're loved? Just like God loves Jesus. So we're going to end today, and I want to, to close our eyes again. And I want you to use your imagination, and I want to key off this last phrase that Jesus just said. We'll pick up here next week. But think about that. I want you to imagine how much does God love Jesus? How much does Heavenly Father love Jesus? Imagine that. How much does he, what is that like? How awesome is that? Now I want you to imagine this, just what Jesus said. And he loves you just like that. Amen. He loves you just like he loves Jesus. Same caliber of love, same quality of love, same magnitude of love. Amen. Same expression of love. He loves you just like he loves Jesus. No difference. Because you are united with the Son. You are drawing life from the sun. I want you to, with that, I want you to imagine this morning again, because that's how he loves you. Imagine that flow of love from father now to you. Imagine that flow of love that's coming from father to you. Hmm. 
Amen. I ask you another question. How, how pleased is God with Jesus? <laughs> Amen. He's pleased with you the same way. Amen. Does Father take pleasure in the Son, Jesus? Then you know that He takes pleasure in you too. Amen. Let that fuel your imagination. Because guys, that's the great motivator of life. I mean, that's the very motivator of heaven itself. As John said earlier in this gospel in chapter 3, because God so loved the world. Amen. The motivating factor of God was his love. Amen. We said it earlier. Jesus shared that love when it says, and he was moved with compassion for people. Amen. It's not a passive love. It's not an inactive love. Amen. But it's a love that has full expression. Amen. So, Father, we love you today for that. We thank you. And, Lord, I pray just what Paul prayed for us today. Lord, open up the eyes of our understanding. Lord, open up the eyes of our imagination. Lord, help us to see the hope of our calling, which is our hope of fellowship with you. The expectation, the confidence, that's what hope is. That, Lord, you are our friend. You are connected with us. You are united with us. Mm. Amen. Lord, I just reminded by you right now what you said in, in Romans chapter 8 when you said, if, if I am for you, then who can be against you? Lord, I thank you that you're, you're the friend that's on our side. Mm. Amen. Yes, sir. Thank you for what you just said. Again, reminded me, Lord, you're like what it says in Proverbs, Lord, that faithful are the wounds of the friend. Lord, thank you for your faithful correction to us. That, Lord, when you speak to us and say, hey, remember, that's not who you are. Hey, remember, don't think that way. Hey, remember, don't respond that way. Hey, remember, don't have that attitude. Don't act that way. Remember, it's, it's because you're our faithful friend and faithful are your corrections. Man, thank you, Father. So grateful for that. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. And amen and amen and amen. amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Well, amen. If you think he's good, why don't you just say amen. amen. <laughs> if you think he's really, really good, why don't you just get up and hug somebody and tell them, I just think Jesus likes you, you know. <laughs> amen. If you